You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Right here. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. We're almost here at Rosh Chodesh Nissen. And uh, look, you know, it's not like uh, I, I am proud of my, my, my family. And I just do want to say that, that a lot of what we do uh, is for that generation to come. So uh, it is, of course, not only a, a triple Sefer Teir Shabbos, as we all know, Parsha Sazria. Then we're going to be take out the. Uh, and there's going to be the. Uh, there's going to be the Maftir, which is, I think is Parsha Sachedish, and then it's going to be followed by the last thing, which is the, uh, which is for the Sefer Teir for Rishchidish itself. So a triple, a triple header this week. But for me, there's a personal sense, which of course is my son, my son's son. <laughs> Don't we do uh, I see you're on your toes. I'm, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure which. I think the Korea. Yeah. Okay. Let's go and re. Let's go and re. Uh, re-record that part. Um, yeah. But I know that the there's a question here about. Uh, because we do have to read the Dawid Parshias, which is one of which is a bigger Chiyav than the Kriyas of Kriyas of Avdavtaira. So I'm not sure. Take a look in the Luach and see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but I do want to mention uh, that four years ago, my my grandson Yonatan Meir was born, oh, and uh, for me it was a, a and I just a pasuk of Yonatan, which I think is important for all of us. I know Yankee, you're also someone with Enochach uh, now, right? So you'll understand that. And I think there's others here in the room who also have the great schools of having grandchildren. Pasuk and Hoshea, and again, the, the, the letters are reversed a little bit. But this was the end of Hoshea, where the Rabboni Shalom gives uh, sort of an achama that after all the terrible things that have occurred in our Golos, HaKadosh Baruch was going to accept our tshuva, and there's going to be a restoration of the Jewish people. And some of the psukim there are really beautiful and very well known. This one not as well known, but I think I know, is this coming out of the microphone or something. Um, am, am, I, am I coming? Am I coming out of the mic also? There's like an echo. Oh, you turned it off. I turned it off. It's all right. Anyway, uh, this is a pasuk in Isaiah. Now, this was after, in a sense, a terrible destruction like we had in, in, in the Horb in Europe that the Yoinkai Sov are going to become extended and they're going to have strength. Those shoots are going to have the glory of the olive tree and the smell Vereachloi Kalvanoin. Now this doesn't necessarily mean the cedar I, I don't know if this means the cedars of Lebanon, but actually as you're going to see here from the Malbum, it actually is the great Ruchni smell of Livonoin, which is actually another way of the Beis Hamikdosh. You can see what the Malbim says here: that what are these Yoin Kaisov? Anofim Harachim, Shaolim Min Haoretz. I don't know if you can see the board now. I'm not sure. Right? Eitzel Ashroshim, Heim Yehuchu V'Yispashtu. There's going to be after the Shroshim, Habonim Shiyu Ba'Achras Hayomim. These grandchildren, these great grandchildren, these young people that will be there in those days before Mashiach. They're the ones that have been that have risen after destruction. The ones that are here and what we hope here is the the period right before Mashiach. And we've talked about that many times in this class. Uh, the generations, you know, Yonatan Meyer, my grandson, his great grandfather's uh, family, and many many of those incredible communities in Europe. But as we've seen in the last 70 years, we've seen this restoration of these yoinkim. And every single child, uh, and again, on his other side, of course, he comes from some of the plate of Taman. So <laughs> the people who are escaping persecution in Yemen, his mother's a Yemenite. Yeah, I've talked about her a lot in this class. Those of you, those of you that have come here have heard me mention my, my daughter-in-law. But my grandson, I'll show you a picture maybe later, he's very dark, very much a, a Taimani child. 
but he bears our name and he bears our blood and it's really a combination of two incredible uh, communities you know the the eastern european polish community and the yemenite community that the shroshim were attacked and baruch hashem they can now be um they can now actually their shoots can move outwards and they're actually going to have fruit itself and the fruit and the and the trees that is mentioned is the zayas because the zayas as we know gives the best oil for light that's the type of light we want not just to be alive but to also be spiritual and be authentically spiritual and another thing about the Zayas, which the Malbim and other Rishonim say, is that it seems, and I guess people who grow olive trees know this, that Ranan the olive tree actually has um, its vitality in the summer and in the winter. And that's the type of brachas that we wish for our children and our grandchildren, that their atzvacha should be continuous and shouldn't necessarily have to go through the, uh, the difficult winter-type periods. And the Reach, of course, according to the Malbim, the Reach is the Kedush and the Tahara, that sort of that ethereal smell, which is something beyond, something that you can sink your teeth in. And of course, that's in Eretz Yisrael, B'mokom HaTahara V'Akedusha. That's the Levonon, and that's, again, the Brocha that I wish for my grandchildren, I'm sure we all do, is that we should all be Zoha to, to, to have that spiritual Kedusha Vitara there, that Reach Levonon. And Mayor, which of course was my father's name, but and it's actually your site is Choftes Oder, which is um, which I which I commemorated last year since he died in a, last, uh, month. last month since he died in Oder Rishon anyway. But Mayor Think about the mitzvahs of Hashem, which is part of what we do in this class. Uh, that's how you become sort of you know, like we talked last time about Chaim, Chaim Brisker's innate understanding of what's true and not true. The way you get it is by learning. By thinking about Torah and thinking about how to think properly, you end up hating. You end up really, it becomes meas to you. Any sort of lying, any sort of dishonesty, any sort of, and that's of course something which my, which the person, mayor, who my grandson is named after, I think was stood out for. Alright, celiac and Simchas Yontif. We talked a little bit about celiac last <coughs> week. Um, and just a little bit about celiac to start out with. Let's see this. This is from Rabbi David Cohen, uh, not the famous school Yivitz, but uh, who works for the CRC. I think I ran into him a couple weeks ago. Take a look at what celiac is here. It's an autoimmune condition where the body reacts to the consumption of gluten. Um, the celiac's body responds to the consumption of gluten in a manner that damages the small intestine. And you can see he can't absorb calcium. And as you can see, the pain, the symptoms of celiac are gastrointestinal, gastrointestinal, (laughs) abdominal pain, diarrhea, typical stools. Other celiacs have no apparent stomach systems, but they fail to grow appropriately. People actually affect their growth. They have dermatological symptoms. Uh, They show effects of iron deficiency lethargy and irritability. Um, as you can see, other things, you can see the, at the end of this paragraph, it's also, I don't know what amenorrhea is, but it doesn't sound good. Uh, among other, he says, the potential long-term effects of not properly absorbing these nutrients are quite serious for all celiacs, and among other conditions include amenorrhea. You're not having the proper period. You're going to get your periods properly. Anemia infertility, intestinal lymphoma, and osteoporosis. Wow. So when you hear about somebody saying that, they're, uh, uh, that they, have, uh, they shouldn't have gluten, and I want to have specifically things that are gluten-free, uh, if they indeed have tested positive uh, for being a celiac, then it's pretty, pretty uh, terrible, as you can see. Last week at the, in the, at the, in the class, I mentioned the basic principles that I culled from Rav Asher Weiss's very important article about this. I mentioned this to you also when we had our little private uh, class. Uh, Leon and Anne was willing to sit in and have me re-record it. Um, but part of what Rav Weiss says is what we're talking about is if we're talking about is by doing if, if we're talking 
Yankee says don't do it. It's not that important. Okay. But anyway, the point is, is that there is a clearly this seems to meet Rav Asher Weiss's uh, and other postgims uh, bar for what sh- you shouldn't do, even for the sake of a mitzvah, because it would seem that that um, having gluten in your system. I guess you have to know where you are on this scale, but this sounds like it could actually cause infertility, it could actually be involved, it could actually really damage... What, what it does, my daughter has seen that. What okay, it does, go ahead, thanks. According to the... According to her gastro, when the body can't... What it, it damages the villi right. in the small intestine which basically means your body's not absorbing any nutrients. When your body's not absorbing any nutrients, that's when you have all these problems. Right. In other words, by having... Because you're not, you're getting, not getting the right mineral. You're not getting the, the vitamins and minerals that your body needs. So when you go off of gluten, the, the villi... Are, need, are able to... They regenerate, so to speak. Regenerate. And then your body can absorb whatever it needs. Okay. So here's here the question of the diet. It's, it's included in the... Um, in, in the email, remember, Diane Weiss speaks about it, and this was something which we which we were sort of talking about after the class last week, is, well, a kazayas of gluten will do that? In other words, I understand, we talked last week with Moshe Feinstein, you didn't hear this on the tape, but we spoke last week that one of the things that's crucial in any of these illness situations is recognizing the difference between the proper shear and the, and the shear l'chumra. Is it possible that if one gets the shear as cool a dick as possible in terms of the amount of, uh, of, of matzah, will even that amount cause some sort of any of these type of effects on a person who is diagnosed as celiac? What define effect? Long-term effect or short-term effect? It'll so, have a short-term effect for sure. Yeah, for right. sure. Uh, so that's well, the way. Even a kazais will get them to the bathroom. We'll get them to, we'll get them be, to have these But you can be yotze the mitzvah without eating gluten. Oh, so that's yeah. really... Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and okay. oats. Okay, so that's really the question. It doesn't have this enzyme. Right. So that's why you see so much oat matzah in the grocery store. Right. So that's what the oat matzahs have become, uh, have become, have taken. It's very been thirty years or so. Um, this fellow of Kestenbaum from England and others have been the ones that have been promoting them and trying to work on the taste. Of Kestenbaum has celiac. Yeah, I met his son. His son, his son told me his father's been doing this for forty years. He's also a chemist. Yes. So he's been doing this for years. So there's actually some of the chuvas are connected to Kestenbaum. <coughs> Despite the fact that he's created these matzahs, uh, he has two chuvas from and, and they're almost edible. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, have you ever seen one? Yes, I have. Of course, we have them in our house because, again, without getting too personal, neither my wife or my son has ever had the official stamp of celiac. However, this gets into the question that we talked about. If a person says, "I know this is not good for me," and I know that this is is bad, and my wife has said to me that since in the eight or nine years that she stopped having gluten, she feels that her intestinal issues and other things has gotten much better. She hasn't ever had the diagnosis, but she knows within herself that this is bad for her. And what? She might be intolerant to wheat. And she spelt or something right. else. She she, right, but she's also felt that with she felt that she had a very bad reaction to the oatmots as well. So uh, those things um, so it gets into really two things. First of all, the idea of oat matzah, and secondly, the idea of the person being able to make their own determination about what's wrong with them. The person knows and feels that what's wrong with them. And that's really what goes on by us, and that's really it's really turned over everything in our home. Uh, I don't know if in your house as well. Do you make special meals specifically for your daughter? Or everybody's gluten-free because of her? Both. Both. We happen to make a chalant on Shabbos with rice instead of barley, but otherwise... Otherwise, you don't want... Because as you know, issues of, of, of... Which my wife has drilled into me, is that even if we go to other people's homes and they say, don't worry, we're going to make stuff that's gluten-free for you, they don't necessarily work on 
making sure that there isn't cross-pollination of other stuff. So, you know, um, it, it, it clearly is... By us, it's not an allergy. So cross-contamination is not the worst thing in the world. It's not an allergy. It's not allergic to gluten. The body can't absorb it. Uh-huh. So if there's a, a minute amount of cross... So, so I don't know, you know, every house is different. Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, when I, when I looked at uh, what Diane Weiss wrote here, I thought it was interesting. And again, he was... Uh, he was in England, of course, and then he came to come to Abdesen of, 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 of Yerushalayim. And, I, and, it, and again, you see this question was, I don't know if everybody can see the board, but you can see it actually came, this has a little connection to you, I think, um, Yaakov Yefesko Posen, who is the Dayan of Kaladas Yisrael, the Breuer's Dayan. Um, Kaladas Yisrael. Two already today. Three who who's counting? We have to take a look and see at the little. If we re-record, you're just going to have to, you know, book me, book me time. All right, I'm still riding the wave. It's okay. <laughs> right. Any, where's my where's my text? That's a mark. I need my <laughs> I need my script. It. That's my next line. <laughs> Make it sound natural. About the story. So this is really, it really, it started off here, and um, we take a look here at the uh, at the end of the tshuva. Who's tshuva? Dying Weiss. And it's about, as you can see, I'll just show you what the question is. Dying Weiss, From Eretz Yisrael. He was in London first. London, As he says over here, um, Right. There was an issue about baking matzah that was not wheat matzah. That they become matzah. They can't eat even a kazayas. So this is what he gets into, and uh, whether we should make matzah out of things we're not used to making them. That was one of the issues about making the old matzah, was they weren't aware, a lot of the traditions... So we have the Shiloh to Rav Posen? So Rav Posen, went, right, Rav Posen or Schwab, who asked who? I would believe Rav Schwab um, sent to Rav Posen. Rav Posen wanted to get an aid, since you can see this is Tavshin Men Gimel 83, mm-hmm. from a dying, from Rav uh, Dine Weiss, who I think was in Manchester, I said London before, you didn't catch me on that. He was the, uh, the, the Dine in Manchester, eventually became the Rav of, of the Dine of Yerushalayim, of the Badats. And the question was, can we start making these non-conventional matzahs that we don't have a tradition about, in order to help the people who are uh, not able to ingest properly the regular wheat matzahs? So that's back in the... What? What would you need a tradition for if it's one of the familiar in the dog? Because there's a, because there's traditions about how long you do it, how fast, etc. They don't they didn't have a kabbalah in many of these things. Um, and the question was now he says here he says ladaiti. Um, look what he says here at the end, and this gets into what you were saying, Mark. Losh Mark yes. It's unusual. Asher lo yuchal echol af tamachas b'shono kizayis matzah mechitim. You know, once a year. Let's even say it's only the first night. You don't even do it on the second night, because it's the rabbanon. Let's say so on the first night of Pesach. Is, is, do you have such a intense illness that the person can't have one kizayis? Bochein, therefore, going after and again. We'll go through all the shuvah on your own. We'll do it together, maybe. But still, what it says at the end, when he has daiti ein lahachnes atzmo b'dochkin, heichet yavo ayidei zafil lachshash chometz lechatchila. He believes there's really a chash chometz in making these newfangled matzos. When he kosh kadeish chash gavo akedi yevin. Okay, so this was in '83. Uh, it's not the last word on it. As you're going to see, another, I believe, I'm not sure, Rabchanach David Padava, who I believe was the, who was a dying in London as well, not in Manchester. And as you can see, his question was, I think, to Kestenbaum's Rebbe was Usher Vestheim. Rav Usher Vestheim, Westheim, was Kestenbaum's Rebbe, I believe. 
and this was in 84, which was just a couple of months later, maybe a year later, but definitely in the same period. So if you take a look here, you'll see he already gets technical, and he says, he says, he says, Therefore, they don't eat anything of Dogah. This was uh, an empirical case of a person who just ate one Kazayas, just like as we remember Diane Weiss said, you can eat one Kazayas. For three months, he was, I guess, having gastro issues. Although it's not a complete uh, panacea, is which we call oats. And this is what's called gluten. So again, so this was the the beginning of these of these questions. Uh, I already told you the end of the story that uh, what has developed um, and he says be, you know, that talks about motor as well which we talked about a little bit last time and he says here and oat matzahs are better for them they can make matzah from oats now of course it's going to take a little harder job to make sure it's not chametz there's got to be a little more activity and carefulness. But he says, Interesting. It's not based on halacha, it's based on tradition. He says, people aren't used to it, it's a new process. We don't have the traditions that we had before. So, again, I think um, I read in the article that David Cohen wrote that Diane Weiss, when he was consulted about it later, pretty much said, okay, I agree. <laughs> you know, his whole point was, hey, it's not going to hurt you that bad, come on. But then, when he was uh, confronted with the evidence of what it does to the person, then he was already on board with um, the thing he owned Is there any chumitz testing? Is there like a scientific test? The same materials that are used for comments by definition are used to make matzah. So yeah, well, then you, you would test the after product. But how would you, if, if you know. right? Has it been, yeah. you know, basically it's been in contact with water for more than 18 minutes? How would no, you it tell would materially? But how would you materially would determine 11, that? It would be no, 11 All right. So, um, I'll tell you, again, I, I, I hate to spoil the party. And the truth is, one of my big heroes are Goliashev. Said, don't even go down that road. Down what road? You'll see in a minute. I'm <laughs> setting up the story. Um, <laughs> but actually, Dr. Felix and others have for years been pursuing um, the scientific accuracy of Rashi's identification of Shabbat Shol with what was in Europe known as oats. And a lot of the scientific research that Dr. Felix conducted and others showed that, that there was they didn't even have that type of Green. grain in Eretz Yisrael at the time. It was <coughs> foreign. It was only in Europe. They didn't have it. It can't be what the Mishnah is referring to and the Brises they're referring to when they talk about the Chamesh Yisraminim. And uh, there's a very nice article uh, which I shared with Mish Kravitz a couple of years ago in English. I can send it to you as well. Uh, based on Felix's research and others, um, I forget, um, it was the um, um, who was it that wrote it? Uh, he's the he's, he's the Rosh Hashiv and but he uh, forgot um, the Linzer. Very a very well written article which I can share with you, and it makes a very lot of strong points. What's interesting is is that when this when Felix's um, research started to get more well-known and people were reading it, they said, wow, well, maybe, listen to what I'm saying here, maybe there's a suffix whether you would say matzah with oats. In other words, we all know that it has to be, the, you have to make matzah from one of the things that can become chomets. Maybe the lack of, maybe the, you know, the lack of gluten is one of the other proofs that maybe this isn't even one of the original grains anyway. 
Um, it got to the point that according to the Kabbalah, even the stapler himself, the Saif Yoma was being chayshesh, not to make a mezainus on um, on what they call an Eretz Yisrael. It's very strange. As it shows you how uh, the acculturization, if they, if they only knew. An Eretz Yisrael, you know what the Hebrew word for oats is? Kavakr. Kavakr is the Hebrew word for oats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. The reason, don't spoil it, don't spoil it. Okay, this is my, this is my show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 don't be recorded. <laughs> the reason they call it Kavakr is because in because in pre-mandate uh, and throughout the years, they were always getting in these shipments of Quaker oats, right? And therefore, that's what it was, right? And we all know Quaker Oates, the Quaker guy, right? He's the, uh, the fun, you know, the happy gentleman from Pennsylvania. Amish. The, right? Not it's Amish. Not Amish. Not Amish. They were, the, they were called the Friends. The Quakers, right? 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 Right. He's got Quaker stay going on him, right? Somewhere. So anyway, but that is Quaker Oats, the Quakers, and that was therefore in their mind, Oats became Crocker. That's what they called it. That's the, that's like the Hebrew term. Yeah, I, 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 I fell out on a bike ride with Israelis. Right. They say a group of Israelis in last spring to yeah. a, to a to a bike ride to benefit the Jewish summer camps. Yeah. And they, you know, part of the warm up was was breakfast. And, and, and when they have oatmeal, and, and I or a different word for oats, I've forgotten it. And then I said, "Well, what do you call it?" And he said, "Fucker, fucker, <laughs> right? Where's fucker from Quaker, right? Yeah. Right? Oh, so that's the question. Whether that's Yibo is sure or not? Is it fucker or not? And they all talk so about it. So, oh, so, 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 again, they, they've come up with another uh, a, a, another option, which is not on my fingertips now. I just want to tell you that Rebel, that they say the stipler was going to stop making mezainus on Kvaker. Right? He was going to stop making his own on his little oatmeal, you know, his, his little bit of oatmeal that he had in the morning to give him that boost that he was going to stop making a mezainus. And supposedly Rabbi Yashem, I don't know what he was doing there. There was a different cities. But all of a sudden, some Rabbi Yashem was there. And Rabbi, and Rabbi Yashem says, what? They were the time. Right? He says, he says, yeah, it could be, yeah, they were just having some, sure. uh, having breakfast together. We asked him, you know, we asked him, looked up from his raisin bread, and he said, what's going on? He said, what? He said, you're going to stop, is Deirah Deirah have been making a mezainas from the time of Russia? We've been making that, yeah, you got, all right, so, okay, so that's a good point that Baruch is raising. And that gets to the question, can you make mezainas on anything which gives you a certain sense of nutrition? But the stipler's reason for not making the bracha was because he felt it might not be from the Hamishas Aminim anymore. And Rabbi Yashem said, Chas Shalom to say that. And therefore, we have to, despite whatever Felix Windsor, whatever historical stuff is being placed on, our postkin have been very, very strong about saying that it is definitely one of the Hamishas Aminim. However, when we talk about a mitzvah, it's one thing about a bracha. And as Baruch points out, there, you know, the, the, the Kleisenberg I mentioned last week actually was Mesopah by making a Mazonas on potatoes. Because Mazonas means, because what does the Baruch mean? The Baruch means it gives you nutrition. It gives you a sense of, it gives you a sense of better nutrition than just even, you know, a nectarine or something like that. It actually gives you a sense of being full. And potatoes can do that. And rice, as you mentioned, Baruch can do that, although you don't make alamirti on rice. So therefore, it's a suffix bracha, and the bracha, even oats, can do that anyway. But the question is, they can be like, say, matzah with oats or not, is a question. And even someone who's a big machmer, like our Blumenkrantz, says, for that reason, one should not eat the oats unless they are in that celiac condition. For two reasons. First of all, because of the difficulty of, is, are you sure it's not chametz? But also, maybe it's not even matzah. So, <laughs> right. right. So if you if you want to join your child in eating the oats, hang on. You want to fulfill this mitzvah, right. you right. should yeah. you, you should stack the. Right. Um, I, I want to just but do right down. You have the problem with kidneys anyway. You can't make rice monsters. It's okay. You want to know whether. Okay. Even a smart yeah, so you, you, you could knock it off. You could say it's a chumrah. It's a, uh, you know. No, but they don't make okay. even so smart like is saying, It's not a grain. Okay. I think Yankee's point is is that if we're going to take the scientific um, evidence and assume that 
uh, she, the oats are not really from the Chayshas Aminim, but then when you make something out of flour of it, maybe it should therefore be part of the Xeris of Kidneys. No. Is that what you're saying? No. That would have been a good question. <laughs> okay, what was your question? I, first of all, I, I don't believe that something we've had for so many years, you can auto- automatically pull out. My wife says all the time, this whole thing with the New York City water with the bugs in it, right. it's not possible that okay. Hashem Yisbarak let Rav Moshe Feinstein okay. drink, drink, drink that water without uh, it, whatever. We talked about that in the past, and we, 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 that's, that's, a sheer, that's a sheer waiting to happen. It's going to okay. drip through. Though. Okay, great. <laughs> Go ahead. It's in the pipeline. But, it's in the pipeline. Oh, no, my, my, my point was... I got it in the reserve. Right, right, right. It's in the reserve. <laughs> my point was the addressing of the rice being uh, in the zone of... A damn good pun. You're going to miss this for the Record. Um, <laughs> the, the rice we'll making over. the rice making mizonos, and to even have a habamina to use that for matzah, then you have to knock off the problem of kidneyness. Okay, that, um, that was what I was trying to say. Okay, so all right, so which, which is doable. Right. So generally, again, it's, it's interesting because um, I think there are different approaches. And one of the things I mentioned last week was the fact that we've seen, like, on the scale of very Koshava Rabbanim, really taking a different approach about what they're going to do, even if the uh, this the behavior might cause definitely uh, a sense of, I don't want to say just pain, but maybe even more than pain. And I want to, I just want to do three things. I want to talk, I want to tell, show you something from the Basal and Rosh, show you something from Rosh Hashanah Vilner, and I want to end with uh, a, a very beautiful um, discussion about Yom Kippur, which also was connected to this, which I mentioned to you a little bit um, on the other day. I'll start with the Southern Rush, which is, I always like bringing in the Southern Rush if I can. Um, this is a safer that saw print, and you can see from the quality of the print that it's pretty old. Um, at the end of the at, the, at the latter part of the 18th century, um, and it was Shoal Berlin. His father was actually, uh, he was, uh, his father was actually Tzvi Berlin, who was actually the official, what? No, no, that's not Tali Tzvi. You would have probably, you're right, a relative possibly. Tzvi Berlin was the Rav of the city of Berlin. His son was Rav Shoal. And Shoal, all of a sudden, uh, he published at the end of the 18th century a collection of the response of the Rush that had been unfound, that had not, no one had had uh, their hands on until that point. Uh, and it was a very popular safer when it was published. Everyone liked it. But right away, uh, right then, people started wondering whether this safer was truly from the Rosh mm-hmm. itself. Uh, and it, it, especially when people started looking into Scholl Berlin's history, and they realized, despite the incredible pedigree of his father, who was nobody had any questions about, he had had a lot of dealings with uh, the Maskilim. He had to deal with a lot of uh, with a lot of writers that were sort of doubtful about how important many of the statements the rabbis had was to say. And right now, although there are people who still appreciate the book, um, especially after the some Sefer and Mordechai and others, they basically called this Sefer a um, a, a forgery. And uh, still, it, it really obviously limited the amount of printed editions of the Sefer. I think it went through, I think, four or five. But, but since the collective knowledge has been that this Sefer is not truly from the Rush itself, there is, uh, despite the fact that most people say, ah, the Sonim Rush, they call it the Kuzovim Rush. Kuzovim meaning the lies, the, 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 of, of, it's not really the Rush at all. Um, it's incredible the amount of uh, authors who actually read the Sefer and got involved and use it. And I'll show you in a second. Here's from the Summon Rush. Uh, there's a lot of incredible so, truths. Somebody just like the quote from it? Controversial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that obvious? Do I have to say why? I'm saying, been here, there's 60 sheer about where you can do that. I always like inserting something like this. But I, I, I can tell you that... Um, well said. Yeah, I can tell you that uh, uh, it, 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 there's a lot of, uh, a lot of fascinating truths about suicide, about... Um, actually, even if you look at Blythe's article 
Jaylor Yosef Dov Blythe's article on um, transgenderism. This is one of the few first uh, sources that he quotes. There's a lot of Put it this way, if, if Scholl Berlin wrote it out of cloth, he was prescient in knowing the type of questions, the type of interest level people are going to have for the next 200 years because there's a lot of juicy elements in there that when people have started to research these subjects, they found here there's a place to stop and to see an attitude. So let's talk about here this imagined question from the Rosh. And it's, it's funny that it starts with a woman, but here it starts. Shaltani, you can see up there. Let me make it a little larger. How about that? Your wife can't take that sharp moror, And the tamcha, of course, was the actually the horseradish root. And we talked about that last week, I think, a little bit about the, the many generations of, of Jews who just ate, even as we see from the Chavas Das, actually ate raw horseradish root. Not even, not even the grated one. You can't find lettuce or endives. Uh, that's ocean, uh, by the way, in today's Dafiomi. And she eats a kezayas and she, she just has to go into bed from eating the mora. And your, your, your holiday turns into pain. And you ask for advice on this. Now, first he gets into this question whether Morer is a din. Obviously, Morer might only be the Rabbanan anyway. The other question is, are women chayiv in Morer? We know they're chayiv in Matzah because of, there's, a, there's a comparison that more makes between Matzah and Chomets. But are they chayiv in Morer anyway? Even, right? Would, they be, would, have, been, would have they been chayiv and especially today, where the mora is separate. So he says, They might even be chayiv anyway. It's only a zeyach And then his proof for this is something we mentioned <coughs> last week from we mentioned in the, from the Chidah. Look what it says by Sukkah. It says, A chola is potter from Sukkah. Right? And even a chola that doesn't have sakana. Now, um, one of the questions that I raised last week, and the Gemara actually raises, is that there's two things that are mentioned by a cholah by sukkah, just to recount them simply. One of them is I'm a mitzdayer. When I go in the sukkah, the bees and the, and the bugs and the rain, it just bothers me, and I just get all echoed, and I just don't like it, and I, I, I just can't stand the wind, I can't stand the dampness. That's called a mitzdayer. Then you have someone who's called a cholah, someone who actually is ill, and either, as we said last week, the sukkah will make him more ill, or he's already in a state of illness where this isn't helping. So the Gemara actually wonders, well, if a mitzvah, the Gemara says, if a mitzvah is a putter, someone who's just doesn't like it and sort of has a mental uh, aversion, for sure someone who has something that's a certifiable illness. So the Gemara says, yeah, they are sort of similar, the Gemara says, but a chola would include even anyone who's involved with the chola. The chola needs help, etc. That's what the Gemara says. Okay, the Rosh supposedly had a different approach. Why there's, you, you mentioned a chola? So he says, why is chola mentioned in the Mishnah? This goes into what you were saying last week, Mark. Yes. That, that we are supposed to see from here that sukkah is now the, the, the source. The Torah is about life. Isn't that what you told me last week? I suggested it. But you had right, suggested right. back right. that by sukkah you have a separate... Think of Teshuvah came to Teshuvah, which doesn't exist right, like which is right, which is what that's what the Gemara says to me. But according to this Teshuvah of Shol of, of the Rosh, there's a, a, another fact, right? nami. Now look at this. First of all, it's not Darchei to get sick with a mitzvah. nami mitzvah You know what the mitzvah is? There's a mitzvah what? Lahavrei's gufei mikol There's a mitzvah to be healthy. Right? Yeah, right. Wow, that sounds familiar. <laughs> mitzvah, who oh. So since I'm being Isaac in the mitzvah, oh, that's what you said last week. Uh-huh. Did it make it into the re-recording? Probably not. It did not. It did not. But now it did. Now it did. Now it did. So you followed the same rush. 
So basically he said, yeah, that's a mitzvah. My mitzvah is to be healthy. You expect me to do another mitzvah? I'm in the midst of trying to stay to be a healthy being. Right? The Torah doesn't tell you this. To, to, what, what is sakana? Sakana is when you have to do a lotase. That's where it says, well, I, I can actually actively do an avera. Because then you have to wait till Share Mabes. But he says, I'll bring you a proof. Uh oh, skip something. Hold on. He says, I'll bring you a proof. What about, we know there's a halacha that kosve svarim tfilinim mezuzos. Right? People were in the middle, like the, you can imagine the sofrim and Yerushalayim somewhere, batim machers, they're writing svarim and tfilin. They're potter mikol mitzvah mitzvah. Right? Now, now, uh, why? Because people need them. Because if they don't, if they're not doing their mitzvah of getting tefillin out, people aren't davening properly, and they don't, right? But <laughs> there's nobody's going to tell you that you they can do an avera for doing that, right? So you see that mitzvahs, he says, have a different way of lo- looking at mitzvahs, a different way of measuring them than doing an avera. Sometimes we say, look at that mitzvah, that great mitzvah you're involved in. Therefore, he's sort of saying the same thing is true for you as an individual. For you, primary directive is to stay healthy, and therefore, uh, doing this is a very important mitzvah for you. Don't start doing other mitzvahs that detract from your totality as a human being. But then he says the following. He says... Uh, you can't just use your imagination although that's what he just did he says you can't just use your imagination to compare things you gotta have the right type of and again this might be the yes he might be referring to the masculine so to speak but if it's in the if it's in the mouth of the person writing in the 14th century he's saying you have to have the right type of Mental understanding. The Yevshu Levar Tom Koldor. I can't explain everything. You have to be a Chacham or maybe Midaite. You have to know. Sort of saying that these type of questions, and again, should basically should not even be asked. In other words, you need to know that they're going to be individualized and different based on who you are. I guess who you're going to ask the question. He says, Vada Yisro Kedoshim Heim. We know what Jews are. Jews are holy people. They love to do mitzvahs. Right? If they can do it, right? They say, yes, yes, master, I will do your mitzvah. But once illness sets in, you can't say that he has to do something that's so difficult. And therefore, a person who's healthy should not start on a path that gets him ill. And he says, there's an isser. It's like the same way you can't wound yourself and, 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 and put, you know, start cutting yourself or things like that. How can you start doing, again, living in a way where you become ill from the type of mitzvah life that you have? Now, Remember last week? That's that's he quotes. We saw it in the last week. The Beis Yosef quotes the Rashba, calls it Rabbi Yonah. Here it says Rabbi Yochanan. That says, remember that he would drink on uh, he would drink wine on the night of Pesach, and he would be sick until until Shavuos. So he says, I have. That's right. Chazik Reisha Yad from Pesach until Atzeres. So he says, "He, boy, say, I'll tell you, the Dawid Kosis is different. Dawid Kosis, you have a right to get yourself sick for, and why? Because that's called Pirsumanes." <laughs> this is a tremendous Kiddush what he's saying here. He's saying. Matz and Marer, he wouldn't have done it for. Because he, of course, wouldn't get himself sick for Matz and Marer. But there's a greater idea of Pirsamanes for the Dalid Kosos than there is for Matz and Marer. Now, there is a halachic basis for this. Because we know it says, the very first Mishnah in Ari Psalchim says, that even someone who is the uh, intensely poor fellow is supposed to do whatever he can to be able to drink the Dalit Kosos, even to the point of taking money from Tzedakah and becoming into debt and anything like that. 
So we find this idea... That's that, financial, it's not healthy. Right. But the question is, why? We know in other mitzvahs, you're not, you don't have to go out and make your, put yourself into debt. We talk, I talked about... Right. Mitzvahs... Oh, true. So this is where the idea is for things like Hanukkah. Normal mitzvahs, it's 20%. I mentioned this to you when we were studying. 20% of your of liquid assets is the most you should spend on mitzvahs. Because if you if you deduct 20% from what you have of your from your accounts, you are on a slippery slide towards poverty that you might not be able to extract yourself from. However, then the question arises, then why does it say you have to even sell your shirt and borrow and go into debt for, for the Dawud Kosos and for Ner Hanukkah? So one of the answers given, and this is the answer that he's saying, is that this is bigger than a mitzvah. The mitzvah becomes the idea of Kiddush Hashem in glorifying the miracle. Pirsamanes. Now, why is it that Matz and Mora doesn't do that? Matz and Mora are probably more the symbol of what happened, right? So this is a, a, an interesting svar that to say that somehow going out and drinking and getting wine and spending on that and drinking the wine at the table and getting ill over it as this person did was a greater way of celebrating and being more fearsome than this than the matzah and more. I, I could say a svar too. Let's hear your svar, Yanki. My svar is matzah plus moni shows the the, the, the suffering, the the is the freedom of mm-hmm. the Sasi, the South, the Alpha, 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 the the Alpha, 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 the the Unlike matzah, where, of course, you have to crush it into your teeth and eat it, and even moror, it doesn't have the same sort of transformative experiential experience that drinking dalakai systems. Then it, yeah, it does. So it has a transformative right, right. <laughs> but the transformative effect is the buzz, is the getting drunk, is the change. And he says, the Nitziv says, which, which builds. First cup, second cup. So you actually, in a way, promote and really show everybody who's looking at you, and you're looking at them, what it means to actually go from the Cheres, uh, from the Sheba to the Geula. That's what he says. That's why he asks the Natsiv, answers the Russia's question. The Russia's, why did they come up with Dalit? Dalit, it says four languages of Geula. Why should it be four cups of wine? Why can't it just be four matzahs or something like that? It's only a remez, right, to the four terms of which maybe one built on the other till we left Mitzrayim. So the Natsiv says Chazal picked wine because of the physiological effect and the elevating and change that it does, even the way the person looks. You can even see, right, a rummy, as they say, you can see somebody who's, 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 look, look, look how red he is, right? Look, you can see his face that he's actually had something to drink. My wife says that all the time. She says, I can tell you've been drinking, right? When I drink, like on Purim or something. Just look, I can just see it in your face. You look. You're starting out red. <laughs> For those of you that don't, that we, right. True. But the point is, so it could be like this. So this is why, possibly, that could explain why that's more a Pirsamanes. Whatever. It's not even what you're saying. It's it's everything. It's, oh, and did you see? It enhances the Haggadah. Right, right. And he be, right. You know, Kiddush is from the Torah, but not piercing my mace of the Nesanaka. You're right. But it's public. Your eating is pretty much private. Well, that's an interesting story, David is saying. In other words, Kiddush. So no, I like him. I like. In other words, the matzah is. It's not. It's. It's not. It's not. It's not polite to stare at that guy eating the matzah. Well, let it be. Let it be matzah like that. But the Kiddush is like one person make. Yeah. Uh, what David's what saying that. Uh, is that it comes out, right? You're got to be minded. You just made it, make kiddish, right? First coast is the beginning of everything. Everything you're going to do now is affected by by something that I hear. I hear. Kill some of the stress of the day. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, all of this again. All of this again. Shul Berlin. Whether 
Shobovin, whether he was a forger or not, definitely gave us some uh, interesting idea here about how could be that Gemara is talking about specifically a Dalit Kosas. It says, This is the part that I was mentioning to Mr. Schwartz at the end of the shir last week. Uh, here it is. You have the right. People sometimes have a right to do more than they need to do if they are great people. We talked about this. A person can see, we talked about the Rebbes and other people who can say, I want to go more than I need to do. Right? And to be machmer. Sometimes he needs to show everybody that he's more mekel. Why? Or he needs to be mekel for himself even more. The point I mentioned last week is that what he needs to have his mind working. <laughs> I can't explain all of this. It's true, but I can't really explain every little detail here. The, a person has to be intelligent, and I have many proofs to all of this. Um, and I know there's a lot of questions you're going to have. There's many, many questions that can be raised about this approach, which sounds, by the way, very, what do you call, Lucy Goosey, Goosey Lucy? It sounds like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it depends who you are and what you want to do, right? Yeah. I don't want to be long winded. Really, I could really give you, I could give you a very distinct way to hold on to, but here, take this little morsel, know that this is a, it's a mature topic, and I don't want to, I don't want people to say I went into great length. God should have Rachmanus on you and your wife with the matzah and the mor, etc., etc. So that is the that is the, the, uh, the second last line. She was Okay, Again, this is this is technically. Okay. Berlin said he found the manuscript, which was already worked upon by some editor. Which uh, it's it's, a, it's always great when you're a forger to put many many layers of. Of, of, of things there. First, there's the original, uh, supposedly words of the Rosh. Then there's the words of the original uh, editor who put his notes in, right? And then you found the manuscript because you, because obviously this paper is not 500 years old. It clearly wasn't written by the Rosh itself. It was written by this other editor that you found, and that's this note. And then you have the Casa de Harsena. Which is like the Gishmaka little morsels at the end. That's Shoal Berlin who wrote his uh, little notes upon these notes. So it's like three layers of, of fake, if you say it's a forgery, it's like three layers here. Um, I, said we, I said we're going to stop with this. Right, okay. Anyway, the point is, I didn't get a chance to, to get to. Have everybody's plans on going into Mincha now? People are planning on going in? Yeah, I don't even have to help clean up Okay, we're going to go in. All right, so next, we'll continue a little bit on, on, on this or something next week. We'll talk more about the Simchas Yantav part. Uh, next week will be our last year before Pesach. Take care, everybody. Thank you again sure, for coming. Sure. Okay. Nicely done. Did the recording come out? Yes, we hope so, right? Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.